Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. When the Buddha came out of his um, deep inquiry into human nature, when he came out of his retreat, we could say, uh, and started uh, sharing his wisdom, I find it remarkable that uh, you know the first words to come out of his mouth or if I'm paraphrasing here, was something like um, he was saying, it's not easy to be a human being. It's not easy. Human beings are often separated from what they want. Sometimes in a very slight manner, they would want the sitting to end a little earlier (laughs) or last a little longer. And sometimes in a very, as we know, dramatic way personal uh, uh, loss, grief that we experience, disease, our own maybe experience of disease or the disease of a loved one or so many things that are difficult to be with. Yeah, you said something like this. It's, uh, we're often uh, confronted with what we don't want or separated from what we want. And one way to... And we get closer to this is to come, as we do come on retreat, and pay a little attention, a little bit more attention, and an attention to what is presently happening that is a little bit more uh, full, mindful, heartful, or a little bit more generous than the attention, the superficial attention maybe we give to events uh, phenomena as they're happening in our lives. And as uh, Anushka was putting it this morning, talking about these uh, six senses, saying, you know, that these, they are the five that we know, plus the mind or heart that is considered the sense in Buddhist psychology, where, you know, the eye meets visual objects, the um, the ear meets sounds or silence or vibrations, the tongue tastes, and the mind-heart meets uh, images and emotions, states of mind, and memories, and things like this. And when we pay attention to this, when we stop moving a bit, like we do here for a few minutes, it might become apparent that it's not easy to be a human being, to have bones and be, um, what's the word in English, be... Uh, and it would be in relationship with gravity. Uh, just this, you know, after a few minutes it starts to get heavier and press a little bit more to have tendon, tendons and hormones and all these systems, you know. So we just say, and just this, and then there's the senses, you know, you might hear something you don't want to hear. When you want to hear something, there's nothing happening. When you want nothing to happen, there's somebody sneezing or coughing or moving about or breathing. 
human beings, they breathe. It becomes annoying in the retreat center. <laughs> when I never cared about people breathing, suddenly I'm like, <laughs> you know? And so it, it, uh, when our sensitivity is being revealed through our being attentive, conscious, lucid about what's happening, and I'm saying all this, I'm not even mentioning you know, the heart-mind that comes up with its own ideas and wants and opinions and fabrications of all kinds. So we're sitting here and suddenly we can be in... You know, although there's no, I think, immediate threat, we can experience uh, uh, life uh, and, and things as a threat, as a, we can find ourselves in fights and all kinds of uh, troubling situations just because we have a mind and it will produce stories and images and storytelling. And so part of what it is to come to retreat is to experience beauty and space, space in the mind, the heart, the space around us. But it's also to experience... um, Discomfort, it can come from the body and the posture. The discomfort can come from uh, one particular sense door. It can come from the heart or mind uh, that is often disturbed uh, in some ways. And so that's, it's a challenging, it can be a challenging practice. And one of the ways we go about this, one of the qualities that we develop, it's been so helpful for me, so, so helpful, is is this quality of curiosity. And I've heard my uh, teachers so so many times, you know, inviting me when I would describe something that is not what I want to experience. You know, they would somehow, with some words, invite me to become curious about this experience. Oh, discomfort or you're reporting discomfort what what is it that you call discomfort what what's the actual experience is it heavy or piercing or more like itching or pushing or pressing or what's the the experience of it or if i would report boredom that oh how interesting boredom what, what is it you call boredom? What's the experience of boredom? <laughs> you know, and constantly I would hear the teacher saying, oh, how interesting that you're, like, it seemed like they didn't care actually what was it being experienced. <laughs> what they cared was the attitude, the relationship, how I'm relating to what's happening. And one of the maybe questions or invitation is, can I become curious about this? Is it possible? Sometimes, of course, it's not possible. There's just reactivity and closing down. But, uh, yeah, to me, I would call it a bit of a revolution in, in my life to become curious about something, that, especially something that is unwanted or, uh, or rather neutral, something that doesn't stand out. That's a lot of what meditation is. Huh? You're like, you could to meditation and 
and the invitation is to be, be interested in the breath. You're like, wow, I'm interested in news and opinions and <laughs> all kinds of things, but breath, it's rather neutral, maybe. And so this, um, so here we're together cultivating uh, curiosity or maybe compassion, not easy, but it's another way to relate to what is difficult. It's very intriguing to me, this uh, kind of alchemy, I would, I would call it like this these days, of, um, let's say, something unwanted happened. So I want to be sitting here in bliss. That would be my first option. But then I sit here, it's not exactly bliss <laughs> that is there. It's a little agitation mixed with a little doubt, like, what am I, why did I choose this again? You know, and, uh, and, or I'm visited by something of the past, like kind of obsessed. Does that happen to you sometimes? You know, the mind is uh, under the spell or uh, occupied, under occupation, preoccupied with something about work or relationship or future or, or past. And so it's, I would prefer bliss, but it's not exactly what's happening. And so I'm in, invited to maybe become curious about the present experience or maybe have a tenderness for what's happening if it's not exactly what I had, what I would wish for had in mind that would happen on my retreat. And this is the alchemy that I'm interested in. So I'm presented with something I wouldn't want or choose or wish on anybody else. And this could very naturally lead to distress and anger and reactivity because it's unpleasant in some way, maybe some even just pain in the knee. You know, It could very naturally lead to annoyance and agitation or despair or discouragement or doubt, what am I doing here? And, but there's a possibility. It's very intriguing to me. I think that's why I'm still on this path after maybe 25 years or so, that something unwanted can lead, instead of leading to discouragement or dejection of some kind, I'm curious how can this lead to tenderness or compassion, to care? It's really intriguing to me, this. And I've seen this in myself and uh, other practitioners, peers like us, being described many times. How can something unwanted um, be the kind of opportunity to develop courage or honesty or patience or and I'm wondering if not about half half of the path half of what we do here is use uh, the opportunities of uh, discomfort in the body or in the heart mind to uh, find equilibrium in the middle of I have a friend a teacher French uh, Swiss from Switzerland who wrote a book on mindfulness, like there's many, many books. It's another good one. I'm not sure it's translated. I think maybe it is. But uh, the title, uh, if I translate it from French, is uh, something like Beyond 
quietness and disquietness. I like this that seems to be suggesting that uh, whatever the conditions are uh, in the body or in the heart, there's a, something that can be developed in ourselves, you know, that can be with uh, things unresolved, maybe uncertain, unwanted. It's tricky what I'm talking about here because we could, um, you know, we often uh, equate, I think, Buddhist practice or mindfulness practices with uh, acceptance as if it could mean that I accept everything, I do nothing about nothing in the world, which is so not what is meant in this practice by acceptance. It's more like a recognition, a capacity to be with in order to engage with. So here we're practicing receiving what's happening in the environment, in our body, in our hearts, and seeing if we can stay balanced, stay engaged, calm, have composure, or something of that nature. And it's for us to go investigate, but how can I be uh, in a body that doesn't feel perfectly aligned or light or levitating? Many, I haven't heard many people levitating, which would seem like the best way to be in relationship with gravity. <laughs> you know, let's sit here and just be, a, all of us, a couple of inches <laughs> away from that pressure, you know. And is it possible to be okay in a body that doesn't feel uh, perfect? That maybe is throbbing or I don't know all the things that body do you know so curiosity as an option and possibility sometimes compassion or tenderness maybe courage patience inviting invoking these energies as uh, wise responses to what is happening and I think all this, to me, is means if I'm able to be with something uncomfortable, I think um, if my mind can relax or acknowledge, recognize, uh, feel some, somewhat resource, resourced in the middle of what is this uncomfortable, I think I'll have more maybe intelligence, integrity, creativity in order to respond to what's happening. And so here we're practicing receiving, receiving, being with. Uh, And it involves uh, things pleasant, things unpleasant, and things that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant, rather neutral. And if we can stay stable and engage with what is pleasurable without contracting, oh my God, I love it, I want to keep it, you know, ah, beautiful, in the body or in sight, you know, relaxing in beauty or goodness or pleasure, relaxing in displeasure, not easy. Can I be here with something unresolved in my life? When my mind tends to cling and want to think obsessively, can I relax? I actually don't know what's going to happen with this. Or it's uncomfortable being here. 
a question I ask myself often is, can it be okay, Pascal, that it's unresolved or uncomfortable? Can it be okay just for now? And my practice is discovering that, oh, yeah, it can be okay that it's not exactly as I wanted or unresolved. And I'm thinking here things big and small, things of our, you know, felt in the body just now, in our relationships and in the larger society. God knows there is a lot of things that are less than perfect in the way that we live together. Can we relax a bit in the middle of it? Oh, it's not solved yet. In order to gain access to a deeper, maybe, intelligence, creativity. So let's play with this a little bit, if you want. I hope something in there resonates. If it doesn't, it's okay. That's exactly what I was describing. You know, some things will not resonate. Some will so not resonate. Some will neither resonate nor not resonate. Will get us confused. It happens in life. And so, yeah, finding a posture that you can uh, choose uh, stillness uh, in, or relative stillness, because heart beating, body breathing. And it's good. We've seen people in this hall standing up to now, so we know that's always a really good option. And so discovering the the conditions that the body is in, the body and heart are in right now. It's like this, at this moment of the day, this point of the afternoon, to be in this body. Sometimes it might feel great to be in a body If it's the case, I'm happy for you. I'm rejoicing. And often when we're in the body, there is some little aches or pain or big ones. We see just now if it's possible, sometimes it is possible to make space, to allow for life to take this form right now, to be felt like this. feels confronting to come close to the body or inside the body, just think of uh, being with the environment, the space around you, the quality of the air, 
or even delight, even if your eyes are closed, you probably can perceive the light of day. The environment is also alive with vibration sounds or silence sometimes. Becoming curious about the environment just now. environment is what is experienced at the sense doors. Through the ears, eyes or skin. As we become aware of the environment, we also somehow become aware of the sensitivity of this body. If there are areas where there's discomfort or something we could call pain, see if you want to do what I'll call maybe now touch and go. So come close to touch this area with your awareness just for a moment if you want this area of discomfort. And then go. Don't stay there. Go towards hearing. Or somewhere else in the body where there's not the discomfort. Maybe you can play with this a little bit. Touch and go. In the the area where there's discomfort. Sometimes it's emotional discomfort be in the chest or belly or throat. And we can just touch in lightly. Oh yeah, painful. Uneasy. And go somewhere else, maybe in the hands or feet or thighs. in the space around with hearing.
It's it's a way to stay balanced, to keep some equilibrium when encountering discomfort. Touch and go. Come and go. can have also a larger awareness of the body, just the body in a general way, sitting aware of the body, standing or sitting. The body breathing or hearing. And at some point we become aware, oh yeah, there's this strong sensation in this area, just acknowledging, recognizing, touching with awareness. Letting the awareness become big again, the whole body sitting in space. Same thing is there if there is obsession in the mind, the mind is contracted around some theme. You can recognize this, oh, uncertainty, fear, resentment. Recognize this and then see what else is happening here. Notice the sounds or the silence, the light.
Sometimes the mind is stable, has energy in it. If there is something displeasurable in the body or heart, we can come close to it. If there is courage or interest, and just stay for a little while. We can touch and go, but we can also, if the conditions are right, we could stay with the discomfort and see how it feels, what it's made of. Bring awareness to it in order to feel it with curiosity, with a curious mind. Or with the tender heart, friendliness, compassion. Oh, painful, painful, with caring attention.
the mind tends to contract around what is difficult or also contract around what is pleasurable sometimes, wanting to keep or fearing losing. Notice if that happens to your mind or heart. Very natural. We can become aware of it. Oh yeah, the mind contracts, of course. Notice if it's possible to relax the grip, making a problem of, wanting to get rid of or to keep. Often the mind don't notice things that are rather neutral, don't care, don't notice. See if it's possible, if there's nothing particularly pleasant or unpleasant, if it's possible to feel to be here, stay here. Even in the absence of displeasure or pleasure.
there is some discomfort and it seems possible bringing curiosity sometimes it's possible oh look at that it's pretty intense in that area let me feel it the throbbing piercing pressure See if the sensation is alive, pulsing. Vibrating. Can it be known? Can it be experienced? Is there an epicenter or edges? possible to move in and out with the attention. Is there somewhere in the body where this is not felt? love be brought in here or friendliness or non-hatred So a mind that, or heart, that doesn't get contracted when there is a pleasure. Oh my God, I love it, I need to keep it. You know, that can relax and experience beauty, meaning, richness. A mind that doesn't get contracted 
when things are difficult, not easy, probably a lifetime of research, or maybe a few lifetimes, or a mind that is able to be there, fully present, even if there's not uh, great stimulation in terms of pleasure or displeasure. Not easy. So that's a freedom, unconditional freedom the Buddha talks about. A freedom, even if things are really less than perfect. freedom, whatever the conditions are in our relationships or body or mind. It's good we have a, we put 48, put a good 48 hours on this <laughs> or a little more. <laughs> It'll need at least that, I think. We have um, time for questions about uh, the practice of being here on retreat and I think Anushka and I, or I'm definitely how did you say? As you, as you, yeah. So I'm happy to answer any questions or about practice. Yes, please. Yeah, thank you for sharing, and I'll uh, I'll repeat. And uh, just a parenthesis, uh, just here before I, uh, you know, share a bit of the thoughts that cross my mind as I hear you. What we try, try to do here is not assume gender. So when I repeat the question, I won't say I won't give a gender to the person asking the question unless I really know from uh, the person personally and know what that gender is. So I'll, maybe I'll say, oh, so you're describing, as I repeat the question, or you're asking, or what I hear uh, this meditator saying. And I think it's a good practice for all of us, uh, for all of us here to, uh, to, to have that, uh, that kind of level of care to the, our relationships. Uh, so thank you for, uh, for considering this. Um, so I'm hearing you say that uh, you've been here uh, three years ago at the retreat and the uh, experience is very different because of uh, uh, surgery you had in the knees and uh, sciatica that is uh, playing out big time, I hear. So your level of pain, is, uh, uh, I'm sorry to hear, is uh, from moderate to uh, severe uh, pain 24-7. So not easy. So it's experienced as a chronic pain these days and uh, trying to find another relationship then of course of course exhaustion you didn't mention it but I'm thinking of it for sure and uh, resentment and anger and probably some distress and uh, so trying to explore this how is it possible to be curious uh, when pain is uh, intense or chronic uh, like this or the compassion that was uh, mentioned. 
Yeah, so I think for me, at least, just taking it in, you know, like, so this is a fellow human being describing a difficult situation. You know, you'd like, of course, to be at ease in your body, and that's not the experience you have. And it, uh, yeah, so difficult, difficult. You know, often the question arises in me when I hear um, uh, fellow human beings describe difficulty, that uh, very, very often the question arises in me is what helps? What helps you? What are your, what? I hear about the difficulties for sure and what has been helpful either here or in your life because you have some expertise now around this, unfortunately. For the body, yeah. compassion for the body, and sometimes it's available. This compassion, and sometimes it's not. Huh? <laughs> There's too much tiredness or exhaustion or reactivity. Yeah, yeah. So this is helpful sometimes. Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is, as you're here, I would really like you to feel free to adapt the posture that you know is most helpful. So don't want to add on to a, a very challenging situation. So if practicing in your bedroom is helpful or finding an area where you can lay down, if that's helpful, or adjusting the posture or whatever works for you, I would really like you to be able to, to feel very free to, if you know that something is going to reduce uh, the pain. So that's the kind of first level of, uh, of uh, intervention. Yeah. Yeah, and this, this compassion, of course, it comes and goes. Huh? And sometimes you, you feel it, it's available. And compassion towards the, the body. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I've mentioned it this, uh, this morning earlier in a smaller group. I don't know if you were there, but sometimes what is helpful, and you, might, you probably know about this, is to, to balance things because there's a lot of challenge of difficulty and if there is something that is resourcing and beautiful here, like being outside, um, being in the garden, uh, things that are that brings uh, beauty, so this is not denial. It's really important. It's uh, the skill. Uh, it's skillful to do this. To if it's available, because it's sometimes it's not. But if it's available, to allow yourself to connect with uh, with beauty in some ways, you know. And, um, yeah, Anushka, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I heard you saying that the pain is, goes from moderate to excruciating or very intense. And even within that, you can actually see change, right? Uh, it may not be the full range of change that you want that goes down to nothing, you know, but... 
within that there is some variation, right? So even just noticing that change is some of what is being revealed by the Dhamma, you know. And in some ways, like, it's, it's very courageous for you to come with this level of pain to retreat because uh, for many people, they would be like, oh, I don't want to meet this. Like, I'd rather stay at home where I can watch Netflix and drink milkshakes or, you know, whatever the <laughs> comforting activities are, pet my cat. And, you know, so it's a lot of courage to come with knowing that there is difficulty of the body or of the mind also on retreat. So I want to commend you for that because also the thing is that we don't have control over how our life goes. So basically everyone is going to meet this at some point or another, uh, breaking the news now to the other 99 people in some way or another, even if it's not that very specific thing, right? It's going to be something in one's life. And probably at some point you already have, which is what kicked you into coming on <laughs> retreat for a long weekend, right, in some way, whether it's like breakup of long relationship or diagnosis of illness or physical pain or psychological pain, you know, anything. Uh, so there's also a way that can sometimes help to bring spaciousness, to just reflect, like, when you have this particular thing going on. In some ways, like, you are part of the fellowship now of those who have had knee replacements and sciatica, right? Uh, maybe they're overlapping circles now of the, <laughs> you know... So whatever it is that is the difficulty that one brings, uh, there's a way in which it can make it worse if one feels like, why me? I'm too young, or I shouldn't be having this, or I'm the only one. So just remembering that can sometimes have the mind become more spacious to be able to hold this. It's like, oh, okay, I'm part of this fellowship of all of this. And in some ways, like because you had already been practicing, you have more resources than probably a lot of the people in those categories, you know, to be able to work with that. So one can even sort of take a um, practice vow, sort of like on behalf of all beings who are suffering, either in this way or in all ways, uh, may I learn to be with this, with skill, with balance, with compassion. You know. And that compassion can sometimes mean also recognizing I don't want it to be this way, right? So then it's like, okay, that's what I'm being with, right? And um, it's some measure of equanimity, like the recognizing, like, I wish things were different, but they're not. So even just that phrase is helpful to kind of settle the mind. It's kind of compassionately recognizing, yeah, I would like things to be different, but the truth is, at this very moment, they're not. It doesn't mean that they won't change or they can't change, that. So in that way then, with that spaciousness, if it's not just like me battling my body, like this is part of some universal condition of embodiment, you know, that the body has pain and doesn't work in ways that are smooth and things like that for all human beings and even animals, right? So there's something profound and universal of what you're experiencing and meeting it from that place can be helpful too. Yeah. Yes. Another question or something you want to bring up? We have a few more minutes here. Yes, please. Well, thank you both for 
Yeah, I can normalize this for you. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, uh, I'm hearing uh, Anushka say this morning, you know, it's not scripted. Huh? Is that, is that the, the way you, like, we don't know when we're going to, you know, you come to a retreat, you know, and it's perfect conditions, very supportive, and the mind is reactive. <laughs> and, uh, but that's also the practice, is to meet exactly what, what happens, you know, so the mind now comes up with this, you know, and, uh, yeah, and so, uh, to notice that what, that's what's happening, and sometimes it's because suddenly there's a hundred people, and, you know, it, the mind could um, react to a kind of a sectarian, uh, like, what are, you know, like, everybody's loving suddenly, <laughs> you're supposed to, or, you know, there's a prescription, or it sounds like it, and something in, inside might be, you know, and so, yeah, I've seen this a few times uh, inside myself also. And so uh, it can be interesting just to watch, you know, the mind that is reactive as opinion. I want out now, you know, I want my own, uh, you know, open awareness, you know, not the group open awareness. <laughs> you know, I don't want to participate in this. So the reactivity is interesting to watch, you know, how it plays out in the body. You know, the agitation in the body, the, the mind that has a lot to say or is is against everything in a very uh, systematic way, you know. But also, I would probably play with, uh, you know, let's go in the woods, love, you know, and find our own place. So I can find a reference, again, to an open awareness that I know of, you know, and maybe titrate a little bit like this. And sometimes it's the effect of being in a group like this. I don't know if it's the case for you, but... Sometimes it it elicits, uh, you know, I'm not going to normal, you know, participate in this uh, in this thing in this way. It's it's too much uh, normalization or or something like this, you know. And so, you know, to honor this and say, oh, you know, let's go walk a little further away or take a longer walk or go sit. You could you could take one of the sits inside here and sit outside and see if there is the same reactivity or if something else happens. And, but not avoid this group at all costs, you know, because you want to expose yourself <laughs> to the mind getting reactive. The mind ha- you know, does that sometimes. And so maybe a middle path, a play, this is what comes to mind. I'm always curious to see what comes to mind to Anushka because we all, all often have uh, different uh, angles, <laughs> which is, uh, I'm always curious about. <laughs> I might ask questions back if you ask questions, you notice. So I might ask you what uh, you mean by open awareness. So what is this that you're practicing?
So in this um, wide open awareness that you're describing, when a thought, do thoughts arise for you or there's no thoughts? Okay. <laughs> so then when the thoughts arise, what is the uh, way in which you uh, are with them or how do you regard them? So what's the difference in the kinds of thoughts that are arising on retreat here? I don't know. I wonder if it's because I know that I'm not going back to my cell phone. Not about like the why of them, but what is the difference in... So thoughts are arising here on retreat, and it seems like they're more disturbing to you in some way. Or there's something different about them, so... uh, can you understand, or, or have you any sense of like what is different about it? So like what's an example of a thought that would arise for you or that has arisen in this last sitting that was troubling for you, if you don't mind? Maybe partly because I'm hearing a sense that the mind shouldn't be thinking now, right? Uh, and actually, that's not really the case. So, you know, this six sense doors thing means, like, in the same way that if a, a bird chirps or something, like, we don't need to get mad at the bird and be like, no, I'm focusing on the body, so no sound, no hearing. Because it's just conditionality. Like, when the bird chirps, and if you're conscious and there's a ear, the chirping will be heard, Right? And then maybe the mind will identify bird. And if you have been a birder, then you might even get more specific about the bird, right? Or something like that. Uh, But it doesn't have to be a problem, right? With that example. Like, it can come, it can go, and then you're using the anchor of the body and breath like that. So kind of similarly, any thoughts that that come, it doesn't have to be a problem, right? Uh, So there's a little bit more investigation we can do with thought, which we're unfolding sort of as we go through uh, which is very helpful, right? Because uh, in some ways, like, the mind is still can be seen as spacious and open and, you know, let thoughts come and go within that. And within that, it doesn't matter what the thought is, right? Thoughts are like ephemeral and it could be a neutral thought, it could be a memory thought, it could be a future plan thought. Most of them are thoughts about yourself, probably, right? <laughs> Many of you will find like that. So uh, just letting them come and go, like it doesn't have to be a problem any more than saliva in your mouth is a problem or smelling something is a problem or something like that, right? Uh, Sometimes people are like, oh, everyone else looks so peaceful, everyone else must not be thinking, only I'm thinking, like, right? But that's just a story that we're telling ourselves, right? So all human beings are sometimes going to have thoughts, more or less, whatever. So uh, notice if it's being made a problem, you know, because of some idea of what is supposed to be happening, 
And yeah, during sometimes there'll be a lot of thought. You can try to hold it with a lot of spaciousness. Notice if you get swept up by that thought train, if you will. So this is starting to recognize what is the difference between being mindful of thought versus thinking, sort of being sucked into thought. And even that, even if 99 times you get sucked into the thinking, but one time you have some sense of what it is to be mindful of thought, that's incredibly helpful and will serve you for the rest of your life. So it's time well spent, right? like whatever you learn here. But yeah, thoughts do not have to be your enemy. I guess that hopefully is helpful. Okay, aware of time, and uh, so now we'll move into a walking period. Uh, and just maybe about emotions, because to me it relates to the two uh, questions that came up, you know, so strong reactions that happen to maybe the retreat or the sensations in the body and the, the pain, you know. For me, the way that I work with strong emotions that comes with thoughts and often is I'll, I'll try to start by just saying, of course. Of course, my love, you have a strong reaction. Of course, there's a lot of pain in the body. You don't want it. You're getting all worked up. Of course. Of course. Of course you want out of here. Mm-hmm. Of course the body or the mind feels oppressed by <laughs> the group, you know. So I start by acknowledging what's happening. Oh, of course you have a strong reaction, Pascal. And sometimes there's a very small thing, you know, you'll get a little email at home and there's a little change of schedule and I have a big reaction. And so in my mindfulness practice, I'll just say, of course you have a big reaction, Pascal. That's not what you wanted, you know. It's going to happen at 10 instead of 10.30. That, of course you have a big reaction. <laughs> so I start by including the, you know, it's not that I should feel otherwise. Oh, I become aware, oh, strong reaction, strong desire to not be here, run away. Strong desire to not be in this body, of course, of course. And there can come in the compassion and the wakefulness, you know. Oh, of course, there's a big reaction here or discouragement or fear or doubt about this. Of course. Et voila, I don't have to follow this, but just recognize that's what's happening here. And let's see in the walking what will happen, what thoughts or emotion will arise. Can it be recognized as just what it is, an ephemeral occurrence? Okay. Enjoy the walking, if at all possible.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.